0: Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine It's just fine. But you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. My guest in this episode is Stephanie D'Alfonso. In her past life as an on-air radio personality, she was known as Stevie Knox. She was also the first automated voice back in the day. Stephanie and I have a lot of mutual connections, but we didn't cross paths until recently, and I'm so glad we did. Our conversation ranges from her use of the law of attraction, before she even knew what it was, to learning how to cope with anxiety which for her started with beating the crap out of a bag of Cheetos and from wearing metaphorical masks to witnessing miracles. As an integrative hypnotist, Stephanie uses her voice to literally hypnotize her clients into making incredible life changes. Through hypnosis, she helps women entrepreneurs get out of their own way, see the possibilities of where they can go and how to get there. Quick reminder, for community and camaraderie, come join us in the Fine is the Four Letter Word Facebook group. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. When you're asking yourself, what's next for me? Who am I now in this next season of life? And where do I even start figuring out my purpose? The Fuck Being Fine experience is here for you. The next group starts in just a couple of weeks. Let me take you from doing just fine and lead you to a place of unprecedented passion, clarity, and peace. I'd love to chat with you about the steps to finding the courage to do what you know you need to do. Go to zenrabbit.com to learn more or to schedule a complimentary call. Welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Stephanie D'Alfonso, and I am thrilled to have you with us today, Stephanie.
1: Move your bananas to the belt. To listen to your messages, press one. Laurie, literally, I was the original automated voice back in the 1980s when I was celebrity radio DJ Stevie Knox. Back then, I hypnotized my listeners to come back day after day. For the past 16 years, I've literally used my voice as an integrative hypnotist to hypnotize my clients to make incredible life changes. How fun is that?
0: It's so fun, and I have the biggest (laughs) grin on my face right now, which if you're just listening to the audio, you can't see, but trust me, it's there. You just cracked (laughs) me up, (laughs) and that's why I'm so excited to get into this conversation with you.
1: Well, good. Laughter is the best medicine, so why not laugh, right? It
0: completely is. Let's start with where you came from before you became the famous Stevie Knox. What were the beliefs and values that were instilled in you as a child? So I didn't have the happiest childhood, but... Long, long, long before
1: anybody was talking about Law of Attraction, or at least long before I heard them say anything about Law of Attraction, when I was 14 years old, I knew I was going to be a radio DJ. You did? Oh, yes. At 14 years old. And I will tell you, I, for many reasons, I am seriously part of the Lucky to Be Alive Club. Not the least of which that when I was 17 years old, I was thin, I had this long hair, I was attractive, and I was hitchhiking to get to the train station so I could go to downtown Philadelphia and hang out at the radio station. Um, And so I decided I wanted to be the next Maureen Flaherty. So, I saw an article on her in the Philadelphia Inquirer. And here's this picture of her thin, long, flowy hair queuing up a vinyl record. And I can say that now because they're coming back so people do know Mm -hmm. what they are. And so um, flash forward a few years, I'm on the radio down in South Florida, and I'm in the newspaper with a picture of me, thin, long, flowy hair queuing up a vinyl record. And I'd never heard of the Law of Attraction. And so I just like I knew I was gonna do that and I did.
0: That's amazing. But how did you like what were there values that were instilled in you as you were growing up that gave you the the incentive to picture yourself doing that or like what what was it that Um it I- It's a really good question, because I've never really delved into this. But
1: it was not that I had, you know, good values instilled in me. It was radio for me was my escape, right? Mm. Again, dysfunctional family. And the radio was like, Calgon, take me away. And so, you know, and then I never, like... Nobody said, oh, yeah, you can do this, you can do this. I was just like, I, I never saw anything in my way. Um, I uh, was able to do a an internship in my senior year of high school at one of the radio stations. And then I was able to talk myself into being hired as the receptionist. And I was not equipped. I was not equipped. I was not taught like how to be a good employee. Um, I had no secretarial skills, uh, so I ended up getting fired from that job. And I went and got my jo- uh, job as a secretary at another radio station. And I was told, "Well, you don't start on the radio in Philadelphia." So I went down to South Florida to my my boyfriend had moved down there to live with his father. Man, I'd never seen tropics. I mean, it was like, it was heaven and I had gone down in the wintertime. So I came back and I asked my boss, Hey, do you think I could get on the radio down there? And he said, yeah. So I took it as a vote of confidence. I packed up what little I owned. I drove down with my vinyl records on in the car topper on top of my car. And sure enough, I got myself on the radio. Years later, I connected with um, my boss again. And he was like, well,
0: no, I didn't really think you could do it. I just didn't care if you stayed or left. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Isn't it amazing how when you don't know what you can't do, exactly well, you can do it? <laughs> and it's also interesting to note that you had a female role model, because there weren't a lot on the radio back in the day. Almost all of them were men, and it, but you found a woman and then said, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. Exactly. And this is, you know, again,
1: nobody's told me about the law of attraction, but then, you know, Years later, I'm looking back going, that is totally law of attraction.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward a couple of years. So How many years did you spend in radio? 15. Okay. And then you did voiceover stuff on the side?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I had planned on um, starting my side hustle. And again, I had nobody telling me, you know, you can do a side hustle. I'd never heard of a side hustle. But I was like, well, okay, I can get paid to do radio and TV commercials. So let me build a business um, so that when I have kids, I don't have to work full time anymore. And then circumstances as they were, I ended up not being able to um, to do that. I had to go back to work full time. But I still had this side hustle going. I did radio and TV commercials. And that's when I did this first automated voice. And who could have known? You know, we had no idea where this technology was going. Mm-hmm. And here we are all these years later. And I think, wow, I was really like ahead of the curve there. Yeah. How did you get that gig? It was just, you know, who, this guy who I did uh, voiceover work for said, you know, can you do this? And so, you know, it was pretty much the same thing as a commercial. It's just literally, I'm in the studio saying, move your. And then I'm going down the list alphabetically, avocados, (laughs) asparagus,
0: bananas, cantaloupe. You know, Stephanie, every (laughs) time I go to the grocery store now, I'm going to think of you. I know. I love it. Every time, because I do the (laughs) self-checkout because it's just faster.
1: Right, right. But do you know how many people don't do the self-checkout? I've had so many people who are like, all right, I get the messages, but what's what's this move your banana to the belt?
0: (laughs) Huh, that's interesting. Well, that's just as well because then it, it keeps the line shorter for me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long? So, you were in South Florida. Is that where you met your husband? Yes, he, he actually hired me.
1: Um, we are the, you know, you're not supposed to have a relationship with somebody who's under you, but well, it happened. And uh, we are about to hit our 37th anniversary. Oh so my gosh! something Something
0: worked. Thank you. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. So th- tell me, tell me some of that story. I mean, you you told me, but share it with our listeners. After once you, how long we, did you stay in radio for? After you got married, because then you started having family, and you said then you had to go back and work full time.
1: Yeah, so um I stayed in radio. I, you know, I look back now and think, "Huh, okay, I would probably do that differently." But when we got married, um, you know, radio was and is a very transient industry, and I said, "Okay, my career will follow yours." And so uh oh, okay. We ended up in Portland, Oregon, which is where I did my last show and that was doing the morning show. And uh, That's when I learned about insomnia and I found myself literally at my kitchen counter losing my on a bag of Cheetos because I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't function. Just
0: picturing this with a knife, like stabbing a bag of Cheetos. Uh, it was my fist,
1: so I, kids weren't in danger, but I just I lost it. And I share that with you. It's not my my finest moment. but I share that with people so they understand that it's not me talking about, oh, I wrote this book, Goodbye Anxiety, Hello, Freedom, because I'm the anxiety expert. It's I learned how to be the anxiety expert out of necessity. Um, yeah. I didn't know until this happened. That was a defining moment in my life. I did not know I had struggled with anxiety my entire life. I thought it was normal to walk around with my shoulders like earrings and to worry, but not just worry about anything and everything. I always went to the worst-case scenario. My mm. husband would be traveling on a business trip. Oh, my God, what if the plane crashes? And you know, all that worry. So when I went to the doctor for the insomnia, they said, well, that's because of your anxiety. I was like, "What?" So, I went on prescription medication and it worked for a short time and then it stopped. And so, it was, you know, spiraling out of control even more. So then, I started looking for holistic ways. Like, all right, I'm not going to look for ways outside me. I'm going to look for how can I find ways to, you know, live a better life. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I learned was EFT, emotional freedom techniques, which most people know about now tapping. But this was back in the mid 90s. I now am a stay at home mom. And I'm saying, Oh, my gosh, you know what, I learned this new tapping technique. And and people's eyes are glazing over like, okay. So um, I'm done with my last radio job. I've learned the EFT, we move cross country to Connecticut, where we are now. And um, I had two choices as far as my career. I could work for the local station for minimum wage.
0: Mm-hmm. I had
1: much too big an ego to do that. Like that was well, not thing. You had been happen. to
0: bigger places. Why would you do that? Yeah. Well, but the other
1: choice was I'm about two hours outside New York City. Oh, but then if I did that, somebody else would be raising my kids. So I said, mm-hmm. all right, I'll stay home. Well, then we found out my husband went into liver failure and needed a liver transplant or he was going to die okay now what right yeah what now what there was Mm -hmm. a real really serious chance that he was going to die and how was i going to raise these kids now how old were they at that time oh they were young they were still early elementary school actually i think my daughter they were both still in elementary school i don't remember the aids uh the grades so um I was like, okay, what do I do? This is in the early 2000s, like 2001, and still the internet was pretty new technology, but I found out I could go to school to be a life coach over the internet. And so I was like, oh, okay, so I can do that and then just occasional in-persons. And then I started noticing that Gary Craig, the founder of EFT, in his newsletters would talk about these practitioners who were doing EFT and they were doing hypnosis, and I was like, hmm, I think I need to go look into hypnosis. This is pretty cool stuff. So I looked and uh the trainings I found in Connecticut were two days. Like, go to two days school and you're a, a certified hypnotist. And I was like I was like, What? Two days? Um no I don't think so so I followed my intuition which again like my you know the um, law of attraction I didn't really know about my intuition at that point but I had a little nudge to go check out this woman in New York City and that was the best thing I could have ever done because on that first day she's brilliant anybody I've trained with since then can't hold a candle to her And the first day, Lori, I felt like the skies opened, the heavens were singing. And because I really felt in my heart, it was like, oh, this is what I've been called to do. Mm -hmm. And so before that was over, oh, yes, it's like nothing else. And before the course was over, she couldn't believe I had rented an office, I had I had a website, which, you know, that was big back then. I had brochures and business cards. I, I was just like full on, let's, let's go. And I knew it. I knew it in the depths of my soul.
0: That is, that is when, you know you're, when you know you're on the right path, which you felt from when you first met her. And then you didn't question anything of any of the other downloads you were getting, any of the other inspired action you were taking. You were all in. You know, Napoleon Hill talks about in his book, Think and Grow Rich, uh, about the burning desire and being fully committed. And that's when when the heavens, heaven and earth, the whatever, the universe starts moving in your favor, is when you are all in, fully committed, this is what I'm doing. Even when it's scary. Although it sounds like it maybe wasn't that scary for you because you just had this feeling like, I'm doing this. But even then, sometimes it still feels scary. Um, at the beginning, it didn't. I just was like, you know, same thing with the radio. It
1: was just like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I knew I was going to do it and, and let nothing come in my way. Um, then, you know, as I got into doing this, um, and I'm witnessing miracles, Lori. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like witnessing miracles. You and mean so, in your clients? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to see these miracles happen, then I started getting imposter syndrome, because like, all right, wait, did I really help them do that? And um, I know your listeners can't see this, but I don't know if I showed you this the other day, Lori. This is a picture, I'm showing a picture of Sarah skydiving out of an airplane. And she came to me for her crippling fear of flying, Now she's skydiving. The whole trajectory of her life changed at 19 years old when she came to me for this crippling fear of flying. She went on to build a very successful business as the five-foot traveler. You can go to her website and see on her homepage, it said, I had a crippling fear of flying. And so that is like one of the most powerful things I can share with you and your listeners is that's what's possible, Mm-hmm. right? So I'm witnessing these miracles. and I'm thinking, wait, was that me? Like, did I really do that? And at the beginning of my hypnosis journey, it was, I was all about empowering the client. You did this, you did this, you did this. And because I, I was trying to make them feel empowered. Mm-hmm. and And I finally learned at some point it was, no, it's not them doing it. It's not me doing it. It's us co-creating it,
0: yes, right, yes.
1: and so I think that that's a more empowering approach for the client,
0: right? You're channeling this energy; they're open to receiving it, and you are co-creating this miracle, as you said. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and, and it really is about channeling because um, for me, when I like really saw, like I was already really. I was already really good at what I do. Um, Melissa said, you know, this is just like, this is who you are. This is your natural God-given talents. Um, But I still, you know, I still had to stick to that structure. All right, first we sit here on the couch and and we do this. And and then we move over to the hypno chair. And then at some point I did a trust fall. And it was just like, you know what? Let me just come into the moment. And when I came and started coming into the moment, even more miracles were happening. Like the magic was just off the charts. And so um, I've been working virtually for five and a half years now. So I was definitely ahead of the curve. The world finally caught up to me a year and a half ago uh, because, well, you can't do hypnosis, you know, not in person. Oh, yes, you
0: can. Of Um, course, because energy doesn't have barriers. Correct. Correct. And so... Before I am
1: getting on a client call, I am saying, okay, for my angels and guides, please go connect with their angels and guides. Let me be that open channel. And
0: it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Is there something that you do to keep that channel open?
1: Just keep coming into the present moment. And I've learned, you know, that's where I am spiritually is let's get the present moment right and so it's certainly with my clients but it's also reminding myself i am i am i am keep coming back into the present moment and for your listeners you know we're all struggling with something you know none of us get through this life unscathed and so whatever it is you might be going through right now if i would say take one step it would be Come to your breath, come to the present moment. Um, I have a thing on my wall, short moments of calm many times a day. COVID hit and I scratched out a day and changed it to short moments of calm many times an hour. Mm-hmm. Because when we, can, when we can interrupt the stress patterns, and you know, I think collectively for a year and a half now, globally. We've all had our foot pressed down as hard as we can on the accelerator
0: and we have to let up at points. Yeah, I think one of the questions that might be going through my listeners' heads as it's going through mine is you talked about having anxiety and and now you're completely an open channel. Connect those dots for me. That's a fabulous question. So when I was
1: living in anxiety and not knowing it it's almost like there was a um like an electric charge always running in the background and as i have gone you know once i was always a spiritual seeker and you know i just wasn't hadn't found where i could land yet and Mm -hmm. then somebody that i met in the hypnosis training helped open up some other avenues for me and so I've learned about getting present in my life. I'm also a devout yogi. I'm a yoga teacher uh, that doesn't teach yoga. I -hmm. (laughs) I wanted to Mm -hmm. learn to deepen my practice. But it is so important to come into the present moment because uh, I think it was Lao Tzu said centuries ago, anxiety is worrying about what's in the future. Depression is mulling over what's in the past. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's my philosophy. It's not that I'm saying it has to be everybody's truth, but truth for me is
0: the only moment that really counts is this one. So when you learned that and you started practicing that, that's when your anxieties started easing up and you found yourself being more open to the present moment and to channeling this energy?
1: Yes, and I would say that it started back when I first learned EFT, because um, EFT, for anybody who doesn't know, it's short for emotional freedom techniques. You may know it as tapping. Um, And it's like acupuncture without needles, and Mm -hmm. you self-apply it. So, oh, you're having a rough time. You don't have to call, make an appointment, drive over to the acupuncturist. You can just start tapping on these certain points and get relief. And so, As I would get that relief, it would allow me to come back into the present moment. Instead of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh, when I'm in this present moment, everything's pretty good. One of the techniques in my book, and, and they're all very simple. There are 35 in the book, and they're in alphabetical order for a reason. Because I don't want you to have to read this whole short book. I want you to just peruse, get two or three of those techniques, and action them. And one of them is... And I will ask you this. I'm going to ask you this as a question. I want you to answer it, Lori. Okay. What's what's right right now?
0: That we're having this beautiful conversation.
1: Yeah. Yes. And so literally, we can make that into a practice. We can make that into a game if we have small children. Okay, what's right right now? Mm -hmm. Because in this moment, everything's right. And I'll tell you a funny little backstory uh, to that was um, shortly before I was about to publish my book, I went to another author's book signing. And I didn't know what her book was about. I just knew, you know, wanted to have the conversation. And she had us do this exercise of what's not wrong. Now, as a hypnotist and a neurolinguistic programmer, I'm always paying attention to our language. because what we say matters mm-hmm. well <clears> hmm <throat> little known fact our subconscious mind deletes the negatives right so if you tell your child don't touch the hot stove they touch the hot stove and you're like "Ah, why it's because what they what they heard and processed was touch the hot stove so yeah. she's got us doing this practice and i'm like what's not wrong you're cueing. what's wrong so I go home and I find out from Amazon that I need a couple more pages in my book to be able to print the spine of my
0: book. Yes, so you need 100 pages, I believe. Right.
1: I did (laughs) not know that. And I think I needed two more pages. So, bing, what's right? Right now. And so I encourage people to do that. You know, if you buddy up with a friend and say, all right, let's start playing this what's right right now game. Because in this moment, everything's right. Right when we can turn out, tune out all of the noise of what's going on around us and focus on, hey, I'm sitting here having a lovely conversation with my new friend Lori, and I have a fan blowing on me because I don't have AC in this room, but I have that nice fan blowing on me. I know I have a pantry full of food. I know my husband and I and our kids are healthy and safe. It then leads you into some interesting stuff where. The act of looking for gratitude drops your cortisol stress hormones by 23%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 23%, that's just looking for something to be grateful for. When you go to the feeling place, not the thinking place, but the feeling place of gratitude, it makes your body produce dopamine and serotonin, which are the happy hormones.
0: You are speaking my language, sister.
1: Good, good, good. And so it's so simple. But our society is, oh, if you're going to make changes, it's got to be big and hard, and and, it's got to hurt. And I'm here to tell you, no, it doesn't. None of it has to be. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to take a long time. And by all means, it doesn't have to hurt. Um, Yeah. You know, we, we all have experienced traumas in life, whether they're big T traumas and we can, you know, automatically know what those are or small t traumas the small t traumas on the surface look like what's the big deal but they become a big deal when they're not addressed Uh, are you familiar with the aces adverse childhood experiences i'm not oh my gosh i was absolutely thrilled thrilled that three days before my book published where i talk about ACEs or Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. Oprah was on 60 Minutes talking about this. Mm, and 17,000 people were in this research study it was by uh, Kaiser Permanente, which is a healthcare company, and uh, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control. 17,000 is a robust study, right? So this is not just some fly by night. Um, it was done in the 1990s, but it didn't come to light till a couple of years ago. And it's mind-blowing. You and your listeners can go just do a Google search for ad, um, A-C-E um, quiz, and it's 10 simple questions. Did you experience this, this, this before the age of 10? And it talks about you know abuse, um, your mother being abused, uh, loss of a parent to death or incarceration. This is not one you want to score high on, right? But right. overachiever that I am, I scored very high on it. Wow, and okay. The higher you score on this quiz, the direct correlation to dis-ease later in your life, heart disease, obesity, depression, suicide attempts, addiction. So, okay, ooh, you score high here, this is gonna happen. What I'm here to tell you is you can circumvent it and you can heal that trauma. So sometimes, um, like, so I'm thinking about uh, many clients with fear of highway driving. And many times, it's a very common thing to me is, first of all, they think they're alone. They don't know how many people have a fear of highway driving. But then it many times turns out to be maybe they're five years old and they're in the back seat of the car and dad's driving and has a panic attack and has to pull over and, and mom has to change seats with him and drive. And so that happens at five years old and it looks like what's the big deal, right? Then there are similar situations throughout life that makes that get stronger and stronger and stronger until it's so big that you like, I have to do something about it. So I love doing that work because A, I'm a excellent detective at being able to find where those root causes are. Mm-hmm. And B, it's so gentle and so easy to heal that and not create amnesia for it, but to take the sting out of it. It no longer has the charge.
0: Right. Take away the power from it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, because because this podcast is called Fine is the Four-Letter Word, there was a time in your life when everything was fine and you were telling everybody it was fine and it wasn't fine. Yeah, Maybe no, it wasn't fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tell me, tell me yeah. a little bit about that story. Yes.
1: Um, when my husband was going in and out of liver failure, he it was over a dozen times before he had his transplant. And I was telling everybody I was fine. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm fine. No, I've got this. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I was falling apart on the inside because, oh my gosh, I was really faced with the fact that my husband might die. And every time he went into liver failure, Lori, he was inches from death. Mm-hmm. And I will pat myself on the back. Um, I They told me how to help him through it, and I brought him back, and I brought him back, and I brought him back. And so I'm telling everybody, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then after he had the transplant successful transplant oh my gosh are we grateful for that that's when i like fell apart because i had been trying to keep up this facade and i think that fine is one of those masks that we wear right and i find it very interesting that at this point in my life when in the past couple of years i've just kind of said f the masks right the invisible masks and now And now we're actually wearing physical masks. I just think that
0: timing for me is interesting. Crazy. It's crazy. So did you know those techniques? So you, you were telling everybody everything's fine. You were holding it all together because you felt like you didn't... I mean, really, where was the choice? You had to. Right. That was before you found EFT or was it after? No,
1: it was after. And had I not had the tools that I had at that time... I
0: probably would have ended up somewhere very dark. Okay, so even though you had the tools, it still was um, this this place where you didn't want anybody to know, especially, maybe right. especially because you had the tools. You're like, well, I got these tools. I can't tell people I'm falling apart because I got these, then they'll question the tools.
1: Well, it was more for my kids, yeah. you know, pretending like everything was fine um, and Bottom line, all right, so I wrote the book, Goodbye, Anxiety, Hello, Freedom. Does it mean I don't experience anxiety? No, of course I do. It's part of the human condition. Right. What is so important is falling a little out of balance and coming back, falling a little out of balance and come back, right? And so, honestly, if I didn't have the tools that I had, um, I would have been in a very dark place. But I don't, I really don't recommend fine because it's not.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point that you're making though, is that even with tools, tools are going to help you get through it, but that doesn't mean you're not still going to face challenges.
1: Yeah. If, as long as we're alive, we're going to face challenges.
0: Yeah. It's just part of being human.
1: Yeah. And so. You know, the wisdom that I know now from telling everybody I was fine, I was fine, I was fine, is that it wasn't healthy for me. Mm -hmm. And then conversely, there's another little piece to this, Lori, is I learned that when people were offering to help, and I'm saying, oh, no, I'm fine, I was actually not receiving the gift that they wanted to give me, right? right? That they wanted to help me, and I'm shutting them out, right? Yes. And so for your listeners who are still saying, I'm fine, um, you know, it's, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable yeah. to say, hey, I'm not fine. But it, it depends on who you're with, who your audience is, of, you know, do you tell somebody you don't know, no, I'm not fine, I'm falling apart inside. No. Do you tell your best friend, you know what, I'm having a struggle? You're giving your, your, your friend a gift, too, by letting them gift you their friendship and their help.
0: Yeah. I'm, I just came to my mind right now is that line from, from Jerry McGuire. Let me help, help me to help you. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, yeah, but, but you're right. It is a gift that you give somebody to allow them to help because think of when you've offered help before and been pushed away. It, you, you genuinely want to help. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be asking. Right. And you, because you don't want to see your friend suffering. And it's right. the same way. You know, sometimes my friend Christine says to me, be nice to my friend, which she's, t- she's telling me to be nice to myself, you know? So <laughs> That's a good yeah. friend. That's she a great is. friend. She is. But yeah, um, be, be nice to your, your friends want you to be nice to their friend. Right. Yourself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Before we wrap up today, because we've gotten through so much amazing wisdom, I really appreciate your, your being here. What is the song? I know, I know I'm asking a radio personality here. What is, the, what is the song, the one song that you listen to when you need to get charged up and, and fuel yourself with some extra energy?
1: Several tunes from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. I love Earth, Wind & Fire. I love the horns. So I can hear September in my jukebox that's playing right now. Mm -hmm. I can hear Let's Groove. Um, And, you know, I played these when they were new, when they were fresh on the radio. And so I would... um, I would dance like nobody was watching long before I heard anybody say that. And the studio in one of the radio stations, they had a big, huge plate glass window. So anybody walking by could see me. And I've got it cranked up. I mean, these speakers, the walls were shaking because I had it up so loud. And I was dancing like nobody's watching. And they'd walk by just shaking their heads like, that is one crazy lady.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You can think whatever you want. I'm having fun in here. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And, and you know what? When
1: you're having fun like that, you are fine.
0: Yes. Yeah. You're, well, you're way better than fine. Yeah. 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 How can people get your book and how can they get in touch with you if they want to find out more about what you're doing?
1: Thank you. So my book is through Amazon. It's Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom. Again, it's a short 100-page book that is, if I hand you a 400-page book and you're already struggling with anxiety, you're going to go, ah! So uh, you can do that. And then you can find me at stephaniedelfonzo.com. I know you'll put that in the, sh- in the show notes so they figure out how to spell it. <laughs> um, and uh, you can go to my website and get five of the techniques from the book for free. Just put your email in and you automatically get the download. Because I, again, I don't want to overload you with, you know, all right, there's, learn these 35 techniques. It's learn a couple The real key that I want people to take away is it can't become self-help, shelf-help. All that stuff that we've bought over the years and we stuck up on the shelf and our lives didn't change. I'm telling you, simple shifts are what create lasting change. Mm -hmm. And this is the way to do it.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is the Four-Letter Word.
1: Lori, I am so happy to have this conversation, but even more importantly, I'm so happy to have you as a new friend. You're awesome.
0: Thank you. Every time you go through the self-checkout line at the store now, you're going to think of Stephanie, right? Move your bananas to the belt. Anyone looking at Stephanie's life during those years she suffered with anxiety would have thought she had it all together. The truth is though, you never know what's going on in someone's inner world. Here are the key takeaways from our conversation. Number one, metaphorically, people have been wearing masks for years, trying to keep up the facade, like everything's fine. And that is not healthy. You know that's the whole purpose of this podcast. Fine is not fine. Fine is a four-letter word. It's not okay to say everything's fine when it's not. Let other people help you. Receive the gifts others want to give in helping you. Number two, you don't know what you don't know. Stephanie said she didn't know she struggled with anxiety and thought it was normal to walk around with her shoulders like earrings. Thought it was normal to worry about anything and everything and always go to the worst case scenario. That's why it's important to expose yourself to new ideas, new healing modalities. Again, to get help when you're struggling. It's not a weakness. Number three, speaking of struggling, and as we discussed, we all have times of struggle. When you're in that place, take one step at a time. Come to your breath. Come to the present moment. Magic happens when you ground yourself in the present moment. Lao Tzu said, anxiety is worrying about what's in the future. Depression is mulling over what's in the past. The only moment that really counts is this one. Number four, ask yourself or play the game with a friend, what's right right now? You want to keep it in the positive, so not what's not wrong. It's what's right right now. In fact, I encourage you to do it as you're listening in this very moment. What's right right now? Number five, Just the act of looking for gratitude drops your cortisol stress hormones by 23%. You know gratitude is my jam, so I was excited Stephanie brought this up. When you go to the feeling place, not the thinking place, but the feeling place of gratitude, it makes your body produce dopamine and serotonin, which are the happy hormones. This is exactly what I'm doing with clients with the customized gratitude meditations which if you're interested in those, customizedmeditation.com. And number six, even when you have tools, even the right tools, you may still fall out of balance. That's life. We fall a little out of balance and come back again and do it again and again. Tools are going to help you get through whatever you're facing, but that doesn't mean you won't still face challenges. Stephanie's book is Goodbye, Anxiety, Hello, Freedom. You can find a link to it on her website, stephaniedalfonso.com, or go directly to Amazon. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it. Because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that.